From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Uh, today is Tuesday. It's a, uh, I guess we're taping this after a late night watching a national championship game that uh, happened last night on TV. National championship had a little local flair, which we'll flare. mention in just a minute. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that. But first, uh, we want to just, uh, I guess, pay homage or, or reminisce a little bit about another passing. We talked about Betty White a couple shows ago, and now we uh, had uh, another, I guess, TV show I watched when I was young, um, Full House. Uh, Bob Saget died uh, a couple days ago, I guess, over the weekend, and just very uh, sad to hear about his death. Bob Saget, you know, I grew up watching full house somebody was talking about it over the weekend or, or after they had talked about it uh, it was a huge part a major part of tgif which is mm-hmm. on abc uh you know thursday nights were owned by nbc and abc was tgif uh mid-90s tgif uh television um you know family matters with steve urkel, urkel uh yeah. full house uh, bob saget obviously the single dad of the girls on the show just a really really good show a long-running show it's become uh, famous again for a couple of reasons uh, because of the fuller house, fuller house which was yes. a kind of a reboot of the concept or of the the, the show and then uh, Aunt Becky for getting her daughters into college, uh, you know, and she's served jail time for that, which, uh, you know, that's something else we could talk about on a different day. But, you know, Bob Saget was funny. If you've ever listened to or seen his uh, stand-up comedy, uh, let's just say he was not um, – Not clean. He was not as clean as the, the show. Yes, he was no, not as clean uh, as I the show. I saw uh, a lot of, I guess – movie stars or whatever came out over Twitter and I you know I guess I was somebody I follow kept liking them liking them or retweeting retweeting and uh, there were several like you would not expect that just talked about how extremely nice of a person he was the big heart that he I didn't see you know of course you're not gonna say anything unkind about somebody that dies usually but they were very glowing and all said about the same thing you know within an hour of each other or you know they all found out about the same time and all it was just a, a common thread that he was just nice had a great heart uh and you know just that's wonderful to see because again his you know it, it was uh his comedy could get a little little crude a little raunchy yeah. a little raunchy but you know, overall, he really tried to help people, tried to help people get in the business, mentored uh, people younger than him. I mean, I saw one with Jim Carrey, which just seems completely out of place, but Jim Carrey was almost in tears, uh, you know, when he was typing his tweet. So just very interesting that he affected that many people. And it's just good, you know, good to know that he was that good of a dude and also just, you know, just terrible to hear about his passing. I mean, he's probably the kind of guy that, um, you know, a round of golf and sitting around the country club would be a lot of fun with that's that kind of guy and, and you know he played uh clean cut like again single dad on full house and was just on our televisions for so many years and a huge part of growing up before we could drive well before i could drive because you you probably already could <laughs> but before i could drive i mean that's what you did on friday night i can remember staying the night with my grandmother and uh you know it would start out when we, we would watch dukes of hazard and all that kind of stuff and as i got older uh you know full house those shows um were, were popular and um you know just made the olsen twins a household name and uh the billionaires the billionaires exactly little quick uh, fact there Heather and I honeymoon in the Bahamas and we went over to the Atlantis uh, mm-hmm. yeah. you know thing resort. Where we, yeah resort we went over there for one of the afternoons uh, we walk in we can't go into or we can't go past a certain point in the um, Atlantis lobby right well that's because the Olsen twins and if you looked another 30 feet there was Mary Kate and Ashley filming a movie 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it was pretty neat. I mean, you know, we'd grown up seeing them or whatever, and they were probably around 14, 15, 16 years old at the time or whatever, but that was one of their movies that they filmed. I vaguely actually remember that movie. I, I it think. It may have something to do with, I mean, obviously it has something to do with Atlantis, but something, I don't know if it's in the title or whatever, but I, I remember looking for that movie once it came out just yeah. so we could see and it. And I, I think Allie watched it as we got older. She kind of found it, and I, I remember watching that. Um, but yeah, just, and of course now their older sister is the more popular one right exactly <laughs> making more money than yeah. they are at least in movies right now. sure sure i think yeah they've, they've kind of withdrawn a bit, a bit from the they're not even part of the fuller house reboot right yeah no need to be i mean what's, what's the point you get to stay home and and, and be a yeah, billionaire all, all the catchphrases they used to have can't really use those anymore at the you know, right it's hard to yeah it's hard something. to look at the the young lady who's now worth 572 billion million dollars <laughs> 572 million dollars and say um you know you got it dude it's no longer <laughs> no really uh, you got the no. money that's what it is but look uh so part of the part of the thing right there Derek, if you remember the opening scene is their uh beautiful scenery and the beautiful home that they lived in there uh at the in full in full house uh, um, can only imagine what that home might be worth now in San Francisco. Oh, I would say tens of millions. Can only imagine that. But I tell you, somebody who'd like to probably sell that home or be involved in the next transaction would definitely be Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2022 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They have thousands of closings since 2009. Anytime in business, when you've done something thousands of times, you definitely know what you're doing. You learn every time from your experience. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. They are currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. Give Brian and Terry your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your street, your zip code, what things are going for per square foot. Brian and Terry can tell you all about your home, the value of it. They can tell you exactly what you need to do when it comes to buying and selling real estate in DeSoto County. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search anywhere in the Mid-South teamcouch.com that's teamcouch.com there's no better team to guide you through the hot DeSoto County market than Team Couch or Birch Realty Group again give them a call 662-449-1700 or find more information at teamcouch.com that's teamcouch.com Derek, our weather outside's a you know clear sunshine. High today's around fifty degrees, but never too early to start thinking about what the spring is going to feel like, spring is going to look like, and how you can better improve your outside area, especially your outside cooking area. And if you're wanting to take that to the next level, you definitely want to contact or visit our 2022 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop, located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, and some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can give him a call at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Find him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop 
Find his website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But I continue to say it, the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive anytime during the week to see how Malcolm's shop can help you take your outdoor cooking experience to the next level. Thanks again to Malcolm and Rochelle for being our 2022 sponsor. Again, the How to Barbecue Right shop. Well, Derek, as we mentioned, uh, national championship game last night, we both uh, – you know, said we give a little bit of thought there. The national flair I was talking about was the wonderful All-American middle linebacker, N'Kobe Dean, former Horn Lake Eagle, state champion mm-hmm. Horn Lake Eagle. Uh, I saw Corey Usselton had posted on Facebook, uh, obviously, that he was proud of N'Kobe and him coming from this area and stuff like that, congratulating him. But uh, just, uh, I mean, the Georgia Bulldogs uh, got it done. It was a really, really good game, close game. Um, but they pulled away right there at the end to make a little bit more, you know, around 15 points. But uh, just a really, really good game last night and um you know my son was really excited because the quarterback for the georgia bulldogs uh looks like a fresh youth pastor it's my size yeah he's, he's literally your size my actually size. he's your size with not as much muscle well that <laughs> i mean that's the truth <laughs> i don't that's know how truth. much he weighs he is five nine barlin is a game manager i guess you would say and uh it looked a little rough the first well first game with alabama was very rough uh this first two and a half quarters of this game uh, it was pretty – actually, three-quarters of this game was pretty rough. Uh, but then he able to turn it around, uh, bounce back from a fumble. He a gave fumble, up a yeah. fumble. I uh, was able to bounce back from that and lead a touchdown drive. And then, of course, they finished it off with a pick six. Let me mention real quick, on that fumble, Derek, how – go back and watch the game. If you had, How nonchalant was the Alabama player? He literally just caught the ball. He caught the ball – didn't even Wasn't know trying, he was, he not, was trying. not trying to do anything. He thought the play was over. He thought it was an incomplete pass, more yep. likely. And and he nonchalantly, I mean, what a turn of the game right there for him to just carelessly yeah. be doing what he's doing. And it's one, you know, a huge play. But he's uh, play, and, and allowed uh, Alabama to get a touchdown and take the lead, eighteen uh, thirteen. Of course, that was the last time they would lead. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he just just bounced it to his hands and he's just like i'm gonna be here and then i just got a big kick out of it because once they said that the play stood stood or whatever he's on the sideline getting really excited and uh they're handing him the turnover belt and i'm like no, he, he, didn't, he do didn't do anything he did not do one thing <laughs> look i think one of the things that's uh you know Georgia and Alabama, if you look back, anybody, Derek and I pay attention, a lot of attention to college football. We pay a lot of attention to recruiting. Look, the top three schools every single year, Alabama and Georgia are mm-hmm. one of it. It's not going to change. Uh, if you pay close attention or pay attention to college football, just a, an FYI, they now have something called NIL, which means you can, quote, unquote, legally uh, work with and try and um, assist players. The schools are not supposed to be able to do it. But people can assist players with making money or assist players in having contracts where maybe they can be part of a car dealership or, you know, anything, a vape store or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they their can, name, image, and likeness. Name, in, yeah, exactly. Name, image, and likeness. They can make money off of that. It's been talked about for years. Um, Saban has been saying for the longest time, hey, guys, uh, be careful what you're asking for. Be careful what you're wishing for. And everybody's like, oh, this really affects him. I think it affects him because he's letting them know, hey, guys, we know how to do this. We've been doing it for years. They've been doing it for years. We know how this works. Uh, you may be getting your tail kicked even more, so be careful what you're asking for. Yes, I mean, I, what, uh, Georgia and Alabama have obviously been doing exactly. this for years. Um, and, you know, so now it is uh, all above table, I guess, above the table. Uh, now, of course, there may be some schools still writing checks that are under the table, but uh, you know, the k- players can get paid. They do get yes. stipends from yes. the school. The yes. stipends are actually legal. Uh, so we'll see. But, I, I, again, the rich will continue to get richer. 
Uh, you know, they're talking about they shot down or they did not elect to discuss a 12-team playoff. Uh, literally, the, this lead, the week leading up to this game, they, the, all the commissioners or I guess the top 11 or 12 commissioners were meeting over the last past week trying to decide whether or not they wanted to uh, entertain a 12-game playoff. I mean, a 12-team playoff, excuse me. They voted not to talk about it. Uh, they're going to keep it at four at least through the 2025 season, which is what the current uh, 14 playoff goes through, so with the TV contracts and such. So, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, do, I just think that you're going to see the top four teams in the nation continue to get stronger. You'll have all the best recruits wanting to chase rings, like you see in the NBA. You know, the, where there's now a, they can move one time. They right. can move one time. They can transfer without penalty one time and be playing from day one. That's right, from playing from day one. So you'll start seeing, you know, in the NBA, you see a lot of people chase rings. They either, you know, pout and ask for a release, or they, you know, their contracts it up and they're going to sign with the team that gives them the best chance of getting that ring. That's, I have a feeling you'll start seeing that in college football, too. <laughs> it's tough for us. Me and you, Derek, we're Ole Miss fans. Uh, we're, you know, a lot of people that listen to us are Mississippi State fans or University of Memphis fans. Uh, hey, typically the way it works is when the rules start to come out and the rules start to get, uh, you know, when you have people grandstanding and saying, hey, we want to take care of the player, take care of the player, take care of the player, that's fine. But a lot of times it ends up being uh, – you know, Derek, look at Washington, D.C. They kind of take care of themselves most well, times. Well, I mean, Georgia, well, you know, they, they just waited 41 years. Uh, so some people have waited a lifetime to see a, a national championship. I, I'm afraid my grandkids will be waiting their lifetime to see Ole Miss get a, get a champion. I will not see it. I won't argue with that. <laughs> I will Ole Miss, not see it in my lifetime. You and I talk all the time off, off air. Um, Ole Miss make a run to the SEC title t- two in ten years in Alabama and Georgia. Maybe LSU pretty soon make a run for the SEC title uh, eight to nine or ten times out of ten. Yeah. You know, yeah. until Saban's st- st- – as long as Saban's there. That's I'll correct. say that. That's as long correct. as Saban's there. So, look, let us, uh, thank you all for letting us talk about this or visit about this. The national championship game, look, that's great for Georgia. First time in 40 years. Pretty surprising by that. I mean, because of Alabama in the last five years, they haven't won one. Right. Um, so, I mean, just look, the rich are going to continue to get richer. I hate to break it to all the Rebel fans and Bulldog fans. It just is what it is. Uh, you can kind of – you know, hope for uh, the best, but it's well, just... Ch- or chase that uh, baseball championship. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, they, well... <laughs> state well, got there. Yeah, state got there. I was going to say, so maybe... Yeah, so, miss. let me get this state. State yeah. goes to Hallmall every three to four years with new coaches. Yeah. We remain with the same coach for over 20 years and barely go. Yeah. That's, that's all that, I'll continue that, to that, say. That, 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 hey, hey we're, we're, we're a lock for a super regional. Oh, you just know what? Absolute 2022 lock prediction. Are you ready? 2022 <laughs> okay, prediction. Mike Bianco would not be the coach at Ole Miss next year. In 2023. Mike Bianco's career at Ole Miss will end this year. Okay. okay. Because all let right. me tell you why. Because, but real quick, uh, because he interviewed with LSU, mm-hmm. he thought he had the job, mm-hmm. he didn't get the job. If you're an SEC school with an SEC program, an SEC baseball program especially, which yesterday, I don't know if you saw, almost 8,000 season tickets. Oh, yeah. So Ole Miss oh, is yeah. invested in baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, you, you see and, the, and the plans, the plans right. for what's going to go if on. If you yeah. have the audacity to go and, and interview with someone else, you got one year. Yeah. You get, if you, that's fine. You, you and I are dancing. We're having fun. We're we better, we better be in the finals it's probably, look, of the it's probably, World Series. It's probably cool in the gang or uh, play that funky music, white boy. Brick house. Brick We're house. We're dancing. And you want to go dance with somebody else, and you go see how they're dancing, and want to come back to me. You got one year 
2022 prediction. And Ole Miss can't – there's too much pressure. Yeah. And Ole Miss does not do well under pressure. Mike Bianco does not do well under pressure. I'm sorry we've kind of begun to talk about this for the first little while, but <laughs> 2022 prediction, he will not last. Because if you're Ole Miss and you don't stand up and he went and interviewed and flirted, quote-unquote flirted, with another girl, he chose that other girl. <laughs> we let him go. We kept him. If he doesn't win, he's out, and he should be out. So yep. go ahead and get on out of here. But anyway, we digress. National championship, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, no surprise, Derek. Every, everybody kind of predicted that from the beginning. Let's talk about our words from the weekend, Derek. The more happy news and uh, local happy news. Word from the weekend for you this weekend was what? Birthdays. Birthdays. So we start the new year, and uh, you know we got Christmas and holidays and travel and seeing all family. Well, and, and I guess on my family, uh, my immediate family, the, uh, the first of the year also means four birthdays in five days. Uh, so we start, uh, so in the, in the last week, uh, my wife has had a birthday, my son has had a birthday, my mother-in-law has had a birthday, and my niece uh, will be having a birthday tomorrow. So it's going to be five birthdays in four days, and there's also an anniversary thrown in there for my uh, mother and father-in-law, but um, that is a, that's a, that's a lot, uh, so we are, we are constantly with family we'll be doing it again this coming up weekend we did not do it this past weekend because it was a very busy weekend for uh several of the families but we will be getting together uh, over the martin luther king weekend to celebrate all the birthdays uh so yeah so this last week and this week are, are full of birthdays and it's just it makes it t- it's good for you know if you have a birthday in january uh you know well, of course a lot of people are you know paying bills from christmas but the one good thing is is that you can kind of check that christmas list and there's something you didn't get makes your birthday list really easy. somebody sure. says what do you want well i didn't get this that's pretty so easy. Uh, you can kind of kind of uh you know i guess rack up or mop up or uh whatever you know the missing things off your christmas list are easy to ask for for your birthday that it comes right after that uh the the, the bad thing is is that people may not have any money to get it for you um but uh it, it is it, it's a, been a great week so we've done some celebration at our house again we'll get with her family because all of them on her family side uh this uh this coming up weekend and so yes yeah, since since the uh, last show it has been filled with birthdays well one person that'll be missing from this coming weekend will be your son Bo, who will be with me down in Pulaski, Mississippi, which I'm going to talk more about that on Friday. Uh, I have a strange feeling I know my word from this come next weekend. <laughs> That's pretty easy. Um, you know, there's a name of the campus breakthrough that we go go to. So, uh, so mine is mine is pretty simple. More of a phrase, uh, and that's called uh, "turn the page." Derek, turn the page. Obviously, this is where you cue the Bob Seger music. Of course, turn the page. And what I mean by that is, it's amazing to me how you go through Christmas, and I gave you the rundown on how busy we were for Christmas, New Year's, go to the bowl game, all that kind. Kind of stuff and then this past weekend was pretty easy around the crane house soccer match on saturday morning but other than that pretty easy pretty laid back and uh you know you just again Derek, we joked off of air you just turn the page to the new year you move on thank you baby jesus blow a blow a, <laughs> blow a horn for you know celebrate new year's and then we just move right on well, we got man. some epiphany we got some epiphany on the sixth you know we just kind of kind of you know speed past that and it's carnival season now it oh is it is carnival, carnival season. season that's that's right it is carnival i'm gonna let you Talk to us more about carnival season because, I mean, it is not all about partying. It is part of the Catholic religion or part of the religion uh, anyway. So I'll let you kind of keep us up to date on that as we go through carnival and all what all that kind of means. But mine, again, is turn the page is going to be my saying. And also, Derek, just a quick before we move on, birthday, uh, January 10th is your mother-in-law's birthday, as you just mentioned. Uh, that would have been my dad's 73rd birthday. So uh, just uh, visited with my mom yesterday and uh, talked to her about it. Kind of, a you know, still a tough time for her, uh, his passing about four Four years ago, uh, she said she, you know, went and visited with him there at the cemetery, and it, you know, 
just to make her feel better, you know, really. Um, January 10th was a very special day around our house. It's a very easy birth date uh, when you think about it. First month, 10th day, you're just coming off the Christmas and stuff like that. Very easy uh, day to remember. So, you know, happy birthday to my dad, of course, and a happy birthday to all your family members. Um, and, again, uh, I'll try and keep Bo safe. One time he went with us to the church camp, uh, you had to come pick him up because he got the flu. He had the flu. Uh, that, that was he, got, pretty- he got the flu before the flu disappeared for a year, and now he's back. Right. This is this is this is actual flu, not COVID. It was exactly. actual flu. Not flu. Uh, true flu. And I remember driving down to get him and this is I guess he was what, thirteen, fourteen, and I was driving down to get him and uh the that's when Blake Bortles beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs to make it to the AFC Championship okay. game. Yeah, so a tremendous upset. I'm listening to it all the way down there going, I cannot believe that Blake Bortles is about to win. Blake Bortles of the New Orleans Saints this year, who did, you know, we, that's, that's a nice story. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I so didn't know yes, the Saints I did have to go year. pick him up. I didn't know the Saints played this year. Uh, they, they, you know, they played one game, the last game, one, and it did not matter. That's what hey, I Before what we I move out. on to the state news we're going to talk about, because there's not a lot of local news, just a quick reminder to everyone. Everyone knows who you are, knows the mention we're about to say, the Boudin Balls, the Fantasy League champions, uh, Derek and my uh, team, uh, we won the Fantasy League team. Um, I guess kind of the crew of Fernando, that's uh, what it's called, but yeah. it's about 10 guys or whatever, and uh, we won that again. So We did win. That's our third or fourth time to win it, Matt, and I'm still waiting on the last year's champion, a.k.a. this year's loser, to bring the trophy to us. Uh, I think I'm going to house it here in the studio and just have it on the table right there and just stare at it every day Fine for the next, me. you know, what, 11 months and just long look at it. So uh, really looking forward to getting that trophy. Yep, the guys, thank you all for uh, putting your money in and uh, so we could We do appreciate that. that. Yeah, well, I used it this weekend. I used the money that they <laughs> gave go. us this weekend. Well, I did too. I had birthdays. There you go. There you go. Good for you. So uh, we, we joke, of course. Thanks, guys, for uh, you know participating. We had a lot of fun this year. But we are the 2021-2022 Fantasy League champions. Well, look, let's move out to the state, Derek. Not a lot of stuff, again, happening. Uh, local, alder meeting, that type stuff. So a little bit of stuff in the state. The legislature is in a couple of bills that we're going to talk about uh, from the legislature that's in front of the legislature that they're working through right now but before that i got some pretty good news um there may be some different reasons why of this news but got some pretty good news coming out of the state education wise tell us what we got all right so the 2020 2021 state superintendent's annual report shows the dramatic increase uh, of achievements in mississippi public schools Uh, The data highlights historic academic gains in recent years as Mississippi students, teachers, and school leaders seem to have persisted through the COVID-19 pandemic. In the 2020-2021 report, the graduation rate in Mississippi reached an all-time high of 87%. The graduation rate of students with disabilities reached an all-time high of 55.4%, more than double the rate from 2014. The dropout rate in Mississippi fell to a historic low of 8.8%, and the AP exam passing rate for the 2021 reached an all-time high of 37.4% for an entire school year. Statewide assessments also resumed with 97% of the students, so in all the statewide tests, this is usually, I believe, in third or fourth grade and also in eighth grade, uh, there were 97% of students participated uh, and this is close to the 98 to 99% uh, rates of previous years. Now, of course, we know that in 2020, 2021, some kids were, um, you know, local, uh, uh, 
distance learning children maybe had to miss test because of actually being quarantined with COVID and that sort of thing. So weren't quite up to the, I guess, uh, levels you want to be at that 98 to 99, but they were back to 97, which was well over what it was in 2019 and 2020. Um, it says the 2020 to 2021 annual report also notes that the average teacher's salary in Mississippi is 46682 and the number of classroom teachers in the state of Mississippi uh, for that report is 31856 Now, we'll be talking about the uh, that average teacher salary here in just a moment in one of our uh, next reports that we talk about. Uh, so, again, now the one thing that did come out that might have been, I guess, slightly negative news if you're looking on the public school side, when compared to fall of 2019, 4,345 fewer kindergartners enrolled in school in fall of 2020. Homeschool enrollment increased to 25,489 in the fall of 2020. So you saw fewer kindergartners starting. Now, again, that was right. That was the first fall of COVID. Might have been some uh, parents who were nervous about it, wanted to keep their kids at home. There was probably some trepidation there. Also, you know, the homeschool has increased because of, you know, some schools, you know, people didn't like masks, didn't want their kids going to school with masks. Others were scared of, of COVID in general and didn't think we had enough masks. So there were, you know, both, both sides of the aisle were looking at that, but the homeschool did increase, which again leads us to another topic we'll get to here in just a moment. But again, overall, a great report uh, and says that the uh, superintendent, uh, the state superintendent is proud of the way that Mississippi students, families, teachers and school leaders have persevered through the most challenging school year of their lives so again just a great report uh showing that uh the how the students have just absolutely i mean done extremely well uh during the last year or so you know me i'm gonna play a little devil's advocate a little bit of maybe maybe a bit of a pass, well, them, I mean, pass I, them on through type situation it may be that also you know those that were at home, there were a lot of tests that were given, uh, maybe open book. Sure. I mean, okay. I, I think we saw a lot of open book tests. Uh, obviously, there might have been collaboration on tests. Not saying they were cheating. They were actually collaborating because they were doing it on Zoom calls and stuff like that. So that might have helped. Uh, th- when you are not having to go to school, you're able to stay at home. You're not having to worry about transportation and stuff like that. That may help with the dropout rate, right? I mean, you're not having of course. to figure out how to go to school and, and stuff like that. Now, there may be, uh, there is another side of the coin, though, that, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, families, you know, who don't have food at home, who don't have those resources, it may have actually hurt them. But it seems that even with that, that 87 percent uh, being able to graduate is just a fantastic number. Hopefully, that can continue now, and we'll see what the state's trying to uh, do here in just a minute, uh, uh, trying to make that happen or trying to help that to happen. But again, it is a good report. There, it, it was a funky year, uh, and so uh, there could a lot be a lot of things that buy into that. Why you know kids did not drop out, or were there people being pushed through, as you said? because there was one year we did not have state testing at all in 2020 they canceled all state testing in may and so that may have allowed people to go through that might not have should have gone through but you know i I try to look at the positive thing of it It is a great report we'll see what the 2021 2020 school year report looks like when it comes out a year from now and hopefully those numbers can hold up well Derek, let's stay uh, education related we're going to move forward like i just teased a few moments ago two things that the legislature are talking about uh the very first thing we're talking about is uh teacher pay teacher pay uh, a bill in front of the legislature that again they're working through pretty good steps to try and retain teachers try and encourage teachers uh, to stay in mississippi mississippi committing to or saying hey we you can provide for your family you can provide and make a good living here as a teacher tell us what's going on right now when it comes to teacher pay in the state legislature all right so this was i believe came out a day or two ago it says the senate leaders on monday unveiled a proposal to give mississippi teachers an average raise 
of $4,700 over two years and restructure the way the teachers are paid to provide them higher salaries in the long term. Now, we know that Mississippi is the lowest uh, paid teachers uh, in the nation on most metrics. And so this is something that needs to be addressed. It's been talked about. They did do a thousand, right at a thousand dollar increase last year with some of the COVID money. But now they're looking to do it not only with COVID money, but to make it permanent, to make it uh, a step up each year that would become law in the state of Mississippi. The proposal, which if passed, would represent the largest teacher pay increase since at least the early 2000s. It was announced by the Lieutenant Governor uh, Delbert Hoseman and Senate Education Chair Dennis DeBar of Leakesville. Uh, and so the way they're going to do is, is that they're going to immediately give a raise uh, of about um, anywhere uh, that $4,700 over two years. So every teacher across the board would get $4,700 total over the next two years. And then they would also look to increase the step up. So now every year right now, the teachers make about $250 more annually. So every year you finish a year, automatic. they automatically immediately add $250 to your paycheck the next year. They're first of all going to make that to where that number is 500. Okay. So every year it would double. So your, your teacher pay increase would double every year to 500. So not only would you get a $4,700 raise, you know, by, uh, the two years, spring two of 2024, years. you would already have $4,700 more at the end of that year. You get a 500 every year after that you would by law get $500. Not only that, but they would also look at your, uh, what your education is. If you have a bachelor's degree every fifth year, you would get $1,325 more. If is, you that, a, is that a bonus or that just increases in your salary? No, it's just a bump in your salary. Bump your salary. Yeah, bump okay. in your salary. So uh, for the fifth year, if you have a master's, it's $1,425. And then for a doctorate, it would be $1,624 every fifth year. So, be, so basically you'd be getting $500, 500 500 500 500 1400 or 1600 whatever you you know whatever your education is that is to uh, won't you know help people to further educate themselves so they can get a higher bump in pay keep retain the teachers that we have and also for the lower teachers they would increase the starting pay from 37,000 annually to $40,000 so $40,000 across the board would be like the the first year teacher the youngest earliest teacher in the state of Mississippi minimum you're going to have a $40,000 salary whatever that's right. Now, the Senate plan would cost $210 million per year starting in the second year. That figure includes a 16, uh, $166 million cost in the first year to restructure step increases. Of course, everybody making sure. 37, or, I mean, 40 or less would have to be bumped to at least 40. Right. Then you have to add on whatever it is for their you know, doctorate, whatever, et cetera. So that's, the, that's a huge cost in the first year to get everybody up to speed at $166 million and then provide a large raise for most teachers and $44 million starting in the second year for $1,000 across the board raise for all teachers. So another part of this is that not only would you get your bump up, but then they would give you another $1,000 next year like they did last year uh, during with some of the COVID money. So just a huge, huge, uh, trying to get the uh, average salary, as we just mentioned, was around $46,000 in the, in the, uh, the topic we just covered. They're trying to get that closer to 50. They want that average to be 50 uh, to kind of match what the neighboring states have done and to, to keep teachers from, not, you know, getting there. You know, a lot of teachers get this uh, – there's a program where if you go to a, a Delta, like if you, if you go to teach in the Delta or somewhere else that's considered impoverished or that's considered uh, where they have failing scores, if you go teach there, they may pay all of your student tuition for the, I think if you get to stay there three years and they'll take care of all of your uh, student, your tuition that you went to college. Well, a lot of times teachers will do that and then they'll go to uh, 
Louisiana or right. they'll go to Alabama or they'll just get out of Mississippi because they can make more or Tennessee uh, Shelby County pays uh, pretty well so it, it depends on that's what's happening they're trying to keep that from happening keep the good teachers here and also reward those who have higher education so I think it's just a a great step but again this is the Senate plan the governor has a plan where the uh, increase over the next two years will be $3,300 not $4,700 and the House has not presented their plan yet so we'll see what happens and things seem to kind of go somewhere in the middle Senate says one thing House says one thing governor or what says one thing and, and the truth or what ends up happening is going to be right in the, in, there in the middle. It makes sense. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Delta State, all the different universities, obviously education is a big part of their curriculum, a big part of their uh, the different schools at their the universities, and uh, those teachers hopefully should start saying in Mississippi, why yeah. not? And part of that consists of, hey, ha, but I can't – if I can go to Birmingham, Alabama with my education and make 62, but I'd love to stay in, you know, fill-in-the-blank town of – you know, Philadelphia, Mississippi, or New Albany, or whatever it is, and can only make 40. I mean, that's a no-brainer. So they're definitely working hard, seems like, to, to get that done. What I do worry about is just the amount of money that's kind of there for the legislature right now. Mm-hmm. you got to pay attention. What does that look like four years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? You know, what does that look like from a sustained plan do you look up five years from now and all the money that you're giving out or it felt really good to disperse this money and it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's something to definitely think about, but you know, they're, that's, that's what we elect them to go and do. And down in Jackson, something else, Derek, that they're talking about in Jackson has to do with the education system. Going to wrap up our uh, kind of local and state news. Uh, tell us about something going on with the, uh, homeschool parents are, uh, working on something. What you got? Now we just mentioned that in the 2020, 2021 school year, homeschool students increased to about, about 25,000. Uh, in that report well homeschool parents pay the local the same local and state taxes as those who send their children to public school yet they do not enjoy benefit from those investments and there's a bill right now in the legislature this session that could change that uh, all state representatives so this is in the house are seeking to change that with a version of what is being called the tim tebow act named after of course the famous florida homeschooler who participated in public school athletics and went on to win the Heisman Trophy at the University of Florida. Now, there are 30, at least 30 other states who have who allow homeschool students to also play public school sports because as a homeschooler, uh, you don't really have the ability to you know get enough together to try to form a team, or there's a lot of expense and cost and licensing that would have to go along with that. So this would allow uh, homeschool students to be able to play public uh, sports. Now, um, the Alabama did it in 16. Uh, I believe Arkansas did it in 13, and so those the, the neighboring states uh, closest to us do allow this. Um, now, I think personally it's a good idea. I, I didn't you know really realize that it was not here. I guess I did realize it. I didn't realize it was such a, a hot uh, button topic, but. There's a lot of public school uh, lobbyists who don't want this to happen. Um, they say that, yes, they do pay the same taxes, but they choose not to go to public schools. Therefore, they should not be able to uh, you know, enjoy the benefits. It's, it's your choice. If you're going to be homeschooled, one of the things that you choose to do is not play sports. Uh, another one is that they are not held to the same academic standards as public school students, that homeschool students are not held to the same academic standards. You know, they, they can have a program that does pass, you know, state laws and stuff like that, but it's not as hard as it is in the public schools is what they're saying. Plus, of course, the stress of being in classrooms, you know, having, you know, tests mandated at certain times of day, having to turn in homework, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is more taxing on public school students than it would be for homeschool students. That is their argument. Uh, and so what this bill does, it establishes a set of metrics that would level the playing field for homeschoolers while addressing the opposition's concern related to standards and attendance. So here are about the five things that are in the bill to protect against that. 
Number one, pay any participation or activity fee in an amount equal to the fee charged to public school students. Matt, you know about it. We all have uh, activity fees. You know, you think, well, I just paid for everything. Well, what's this fee? Well, what's this fee? Well, I don't have to buy this pullover. You know, there's a, a bunch of costs that go into that. Number two, adhere to the same standards of behavior, responsibility, performance, and code of conduct as public school participants in the extracurricular activity. Makes sense. Adhere to the same academic standards as other participants with the student's performance in relation to those standards confirmed by appropriate documentation provided by the student to the public school. Register with the school the student's intent to participate in the extracurricular activity as a representative of the school before the beginning date of the semester. So that's, that's pretty key. So before the semester starts, you got to say, hey, I, I'm a homeschool, but I want to play football for the school, or I want to play baseball. you got to let them know plenty of time. You can't just walk out on there the first day of practice and say, hey, can I play? has to be due before the semester starts. Uh, and then finally, comply with the same physical examination, immunization, insurance, age, and semester eligibility requirements. So, you know, a lot of people that are homeschooled may be because I don't want my, my child vaccinated. I don't want my, my child to have to wear a mask, you know, during these times. They would have to if that's what the public school is asking them to do. So they would have to comply with that. Now, and another thing that is not mentioned in here, but it was written in the article was, as a homeschooler, you would have to play in the school system where you would go if you went to public 100%, school. 100%. Yeah. Which is a, a no-brainer. You can't live in Horn Lake and play for Hernando. That's right. So uh, that seems like a no-brainer. That makes sense. But they would have to write that because you know absolutely well that people would cheat the system absolutely. to try to find the best team to play for. We just talked about it for college sports. We just talked about it for the NBA. Uh, so that's what it is. And the reason this is being done is because the Mississippi Department of Education reports a steadily declining public school Student population of 442,000, which is down 36,000, 7.6% from just five years ago. We just mentioned 25,000 of those uh, were in the last year or so. So we are seeing there is a, a I guess, a uh, uh, exodus toward more homeschooling. And so that's one of the things they're trying to do. So that's fine. We still want the, I mean, athletics is important. I mean, competition is important. Ed, uh, exercise is important. And just because they're homeschooled and they can't do that. Now, now Memphis has a couple of homeschool leagues that have come together and done some stuff which is nice we don't have that in mississippi and so i think this would be a good thing so hopefully again this is a, a, in the house right now it will be debated i'm sure the public school lobbyists will come out against it but we'll see hopefully this is something that can maybe can pass this year Derek, i mean I, to me it's a no-brainer I, like you just mentioned I, I played i played individual sports i played team sports it, it definitely helped me uh to this day at 43 years old it helped me with less lessons and life lessons to be a better citizen be a better person be a better uh member of society. And like you mentioned, these parents are paying the same taxes and the, the homes that they pay and all the same uh, stuff in. And, and, you know, in today's world, public schools, private schools, every schools, no school is perfect. And if someone lives in a certain district, chooses to homeschool their children, uh, but they want their child to benefit on the athletic fields mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, first of all, let's do a tryout. <laughs> Oh yeah, well I'm yes. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can <laughs> well, they? You'll have to make the tent. They'll still have to make. Yeah. Tim Tebow cuts, was pretty good. Yes, yes. If there are cuts, <laughs> they would also not only have to declare before the semester, they right. would actually have to make the tent. I know. I'm kidding. Of course, I just say, hey, can they ball? That's that's yeah, number one. Ball, yes, Let's no. put that in there. Um, I kid, of course, but uh, look, I, I, to me, it's it's fine. If Alabama's doing it, Arkansas's doing it, the states are doing it. Man, these kids, you know, you may have a mom or dad who's very adamant about uh, different things being taught in the curriculum, and they're in today's world with some of the stuff being shoved into bills and into what's being taught in local middle and high schools um i don't blame some of these parents for doing what they did um 
it's not for my wife. She's a stay-at-home mom, but she definitely could not be a stay-at-home uh, schooler, <laughs> teacher, or whatever. <laughs> That's definitely not her thing. But uh, look, I get it. I'm, I'm I'm for it. I mean, I certainly understand it. And uh, again, first off, uh, definitely if they can if they can ball, c- come on out. Can you ball? Exactly. That's the first question. Hey, your name and can you ball? That's the first question for the homeschooler. We'd give him a little bit of a you know quick exam on on whatever. I do kid, of course. Look, this is pretty neat. These are some of the things we're going to talk about here on the UTW podcast. Keep you up to speed with what's going down in Jackson, down the legislature, stuff that affects us here. Uh, that this is a big deal in DeSoto County with the number of students that may be homeschooled uh, that could play for some of the schools that maybe we uh, covered, Eric. So that's it's, uh, true. Pretty pretty interesting. So look, thank you for uh, covering that. Thank you to all the people down in the legislature for doing uh, those different things. We're always going to continue to update you on that. And Derek, part of uh, t- teacher pay and getting a raise and that type stuff, and, you know, life seems to kind of be about making more money and trying to save more money. And if you're looking to possibly save money or at least look at different things going on that you may be paying that you'd like to compare, well, one thing's pot definitely going to be auto insurance, life insurance, health insurance, those type things. And if you're looking for help with that, now's the time to reach out to our newest advertiser. I'm speaking, of course, about Holland Insurance. Holland Insurance, located in South Haven, has been open since 1981. They specialize in health, life, property, and casualty. They work with companies as large as Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, Cigna, Delta Dental, Principal, Kemper, Hartford. They're an independent insurance agency, which means they can compare dozens of different insurance companies that might be best to serve you. President Jerry Holland and Vice President Bruce Robinson have assembled a quality team that are ready to assist you in any way you might need. Again, they're located in South Haven, but they can cover you anywhere in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. I'll continue to say it. If you are a licensed insurance agent, or maybe you have an insurance license and have been out of the game for a little while and are looking for a very active, very helpful company to work for, give Bruce and Jerry a call at 662-895-5528. Again, we continue to thank our newest advertiser for 2022, Holland Insurance. North Point just had another huge open house this past Sunday with more than 25 families interested in joining the North Point family. They continue to get applications for new students and take calls of interested families. They anticipate some grades will reach capacity before they even make it to the summer. If your family is interested in seeing what a Christ-centered college preparatory school looks like, please call for a tour today. Call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127 to see if North Point is right for you. Matt, I do want to say real quick with this ad, we uh, have another Wildman that will be attending North Point next year, a little Emmy. Emmy okay. Wildman, Randy's daughter, okay, Emmy, wow. will be attending 3K or PK, they call it PK, will be uh, attending. She uh, w- attended on Sunday, the open house, and uh, when Randy and Julie signed her up, so uh, Randy's daughter will be going to North Point now, which... Uh, Randy, uh, congratulations. You now have a school-aged daughter. Derek, is there a uh, parent's code of conduct for North Point? <laughs> is there a, Randy will not be allowed to attend. Luckily, it'll be a while before she's in Yeah, yeah uh, Luckily, you know, 3K athletics. does not have athletics. However, um, <laughs> they, well, once she starts in that fourth grade of basketball or volleyball program, Randy's not allowed to attend games. And he's got a. He, I want Randy in the biggest North Point uh, shirt, the biggest North Point, uh, you know, big seal right there on his chest for sure. Well, that's really interesting, Derek, for sure. Our next advertiser, Derek, if you are considering or needing to turn your car in for a, uh, you know, an insurance repair 
or a car repair. I just got a phone call moments ago from someone whose transmission had gone out and was in need of a cargo van. Those are some of the things that we'd love to work with you and help you with at Mobile Car and Van Rental, located at the corner of Commerce and McCracken, right here in Hernando. Cars, vans, pickup trucks, cargo vans, anything you can think of. Look, if we can't help you, we'll try and put you in touch with the right person to do it for sure. Mobile car and van rental, expansion plans happening in the next 60 days. A lot of excitement right there on the corner of Commerce and McCracken. Mobile car and van rental can help you in any way. If you're traveling for spring break, if you're making summer plans, now's the time to contact Mobile Car and Van Rental. Let us know you heard about us on the podcast for a 10% discount. Let us know about the podcast. Glad to just give you 10% a discount right off the top. 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Do not travel to Memphis. Do not have to go to the airport for a car rental. Also, if your insurance tells you you have to work with one of the larger companies, that is not true. Let us help you through that. Let us work through that with you as we continue to grow right here in Hernando. Hernando does have a car rental place and it is mobile car and van rental. 662-469-4555. Well, Derek, it's the middle of our Tuesday show, which means every week the DeSoto County Fact of the Week brought to us by the DeSoto County Museum located across from Bancorp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Rob Long and his team would love nothing more than to walk you around the DeSoto County Museum Uh, show you some of the different uh, exhibits, artifacts all about DeSoto County so you can continue to learn more and more about the county that so many of us uh, outsiders now call home. Well, Derek, now that it's about 30, 35, 40 degrees, pretty interesting DeSoto County Fact of the Week has something to do with heating the homes around here. What you got? Rob sent us this week is that people in rural North Mississippi take for granted that Hernandoans have always had access to natural gas or a supply of heat if electric lines went down in the cold, harsh winter. In fact, according to historian and former mayor J.B. Bell, getting natural gas to Hernando was quite an undertaking. Uh, Following World War II, American technology had advanced to the point that large pipelines could be built to transport Texas natural gas to the eastern seaboard of the U.S. In 1949, two of those lines crossed the Mississippi River. One passed north of Hernando near the state line, and the other passed south near Batesville and Senatobia. United Gas operated that line that supplied Senatobia. Town officials learned that one of the executives of U.S. United Gas had a mother and a sister living east of Hernando. Julius Russell and Alderman Bill Wood were acquainted with this family, and arrangements were made for Julius and Bill to visit the headquarters of United Gas in Baton Rouge. This trip, however, proved fruitless. Texas Gas operated the line that passed north of Hernando. So that was the one that was south. This one was north, near the state line. Efforts were made to get them to allow a tap to be made, and that effort also uh, proved fruitless. Hernando officials decided that it might be possible to issue bonds to build a gas system and to sublease the daily operation to others. By issuing municipal bonds, there would be no tax on the system. Assistance from Mississippi Power and Light Company was made available to Hernando. They recommended that the Federal Power Commission in Washington to approve tapping the Texas gas line. The mayor of Hernando appeared before this body and succeeded in gaining approval. However, they required an extension be made to include cold water citizens also. Officials of cold water were pleased to come into the program. Our charter was secured for the DeSoto Natural Gas System. Each town was to have two votes, but in case of a tie, Hernando was to be given an additional vote. Next, it was necessary to get the Mississippi legislature to grant power for this undertaking, 
Before this was finalized, three other gas districts were organized, one at Rolling Fork, one at Rosedale, and one at Pontotoc. With 250000 from the bonds, Hernando was able to add a system that ran from the state line to Coldwater. Branches went into Horn Lake and in Nesbitt. The gas was turned on for the first time in Hernando in 1951, and this was the same system that belonged to Hernando until the 80s when Hernando sold their, the utility, sold the gas utility uh, away, and so now you know we no longer own our own natural gas. We do own our water now, but not our natural gas. So just again, a, a cool fact, the first time that we had the heat to be able to heat our homes with natural gas, 1951. You know, Derek, that's one of my favorite things about the DeSoto County Fact of the Week is learning how things that we take for granted now, whether it be electricity or paved streets or natural gas, uh, came to pass. These people had to go out and really, really work hard and petition and work hard and go in front of others who – more likely could care less about people in Hernando or DeSoto County, Mississippi, and convince them to uh, to help them move into the new age. And just really, really neat. So thank you to all those people, of course. And thank you, Rob Long, for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Again, such an asset right here in DeSoto County, right here in Hernando, the DeSoto County Museum, located across from Bancorp South on Commerce Street, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Get over and visit Rob. Let him show you all around the DeSoto County Museum. Rob, we appreciate you and your team every week from the DeSoto County Museum. Well, Derek, uh, speaking of gas, okay. I'm speaking about, <laughs> I'm speaking, of course, of DeSoto Family Dental Care. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. They are the official dentists of the UTW podcast. You should consider making them yours. Again, visit them today for the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure that your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. If you want it green, call the king. I want to continue to thank one of our longest uh, advertisers for sure. I speak of Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, winter cleanups, 
anything on the outside of your home or business, Richard is your guy. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. Richard is expanding in Hernando. He's growing each and every day. He works closely with the Soto County Schools on a, on a number of projects for them. Richard is growing. He's ready to grow with you. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Williams Lawn Services on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Thank you, Williams Lawn Services, DFDC, and Green King for continuing to support the UTW Podcast. Well, as we do each and every Tuesday and Friday, we finish our day talking about young people, shining a light on positive stories that young people are doing right here under the water tower. So let's turn our attention now to soccer, Derek. The two teams that are playing soccer are two schools that are playing soccer right now. We've covered enough that North Point does not play during the winter. But let's talk about the Lewisburg Lady Patriots and the soccer that they've played since our last show. Yeah, so the Patriots were the only team that played since uh, our last show. Hernando did not have that they had one schedule for Thursday night. It was postponed due to weather, uh, and so that would be uh, they're going to play again, I believe, tonight. That's right. Uh, That's correct. They play South Haven tonight. I think everybody, both soccer, uh, yes. all the soccer we cover plays tonight. But uh, so only one uh, school to cover since our last show. Uh, the Lady Patriots hosted Saltillo on Saturday, jumping out as they are known to do to an early 1-0 lead in the eighth minute on a goal by Bella Moore. Briley Ross and Kylie Fitz both get goals to allow the Lady Patriots to take a 3-0 lead into halftime. Saltillo gets one back at the beginning of the second half, but Brenna Becker drops the ball in over the goalie's head uh, to match that score, making the new score 4-1. Saltillo scores another less than 10 minutes to go, but it's too little too late as the Lady Patriots take the match 4-2. to two. So congratulations to the Lady Patriots Absolutely. on a win over Saltillo. Next, the Patriots took the pitch to face Saltillo, but drop a close match to the Tigers 3-2. to two. Both goals in that match were by Gage Lashley, who was also named Man of the Match. Both teams will be back in action on Tuesday as they travel to Olive Branch for their third district match of the season. And, of course, we'll have those results to you on our next show on Friday. That's a bit of a surprise. Saltillo beating Lewisburg in the varsity, that's that's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, man, the girls' team is really good. Yes. The boys' team is, is a, a, I'm a, they're a pretty good team, but uh, obviously uh, Tupelo also has a good – Tupelo area has a, a pretty good soccer program that they have for decades, really, I think. Tupelo was playing soccer before I even knew what soccer was. Um, but uh, So it sounds like, yeah, they did, they were able to get that one over Lewisburg. But Lewisburg still got a good team, and, and I probably have them favored over Olive Branch, I would say. Gotcha. The, the, the month of January is all about playoff seeding, making it to the playoffs and stuff. Hernando does play tonight against South Haven, girls and boys. I'm guessing girls at five, boys to follow after. So if you're looking to for some soccer action tonight, weather's not too cold, maybe think about driving up to South Haven, seeing about the Lady Tigers and Tigers uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, our show's going to get out a little bit later today. Derek and I, we, we stay up late watching the national championship. So the show's getting out a little bit later uh, this this morning. So, you know, if you do hear our voice, uh, please consider uh, racing out to uh, watch some soccer. And then I believe Hernando, yeah, I believe they just added a game, Derek, on Thursday. Uh, Hernando will be playing Isle of Branch, which again, not a, not a league game or not a district game, but uh, just an opportunity for everybody to get back on and, and play some more, more soccer. So that wraps up our soccer coverage right now. So let's move on to another, another uh, ball, Derek. Derek, at the North Point boys in basketball did not have a game since our last show, but the girls did tip it off. What you got? Uh, that's correct. Uh, because North Point Lady Trojans hosted St. Mary's, St. Mary's being an all-girls school, uh, the boys did not have a game. Uh, Matt, they are the St. Mary's turkeys. I did see that they're the turkeys, which is a terrible mascot <laughs> it's a terrible for mascot. a girls' school. So it's uh, yeah. So this, that's also awesome. the Lady Trojans hosted the Lady Turkeys. That's that's one petition I would probably be okay with people passing around. I mean, what is a female turkey called? Uh, a, a hen. 
It is a hen. Yes. Yes, that's right. It's a Why hen. would you not call them the hens? I, I know. Thank you. Because it is an all-girls school. That is an all-girls school. I'm just simply So it was like the Lady Trojans hosted the Hens. I'm going to say the Hens. There you go, Hens. That's hosted fine. the Hens on Friday night. North Point started off slowly, missing their first 10 shots, getting down 4 to nothing, and struggling to score in the first quarter. They did take the lead 8-4 at the end of that quarter and then started to come alive in the second quarter, taking a halftime lead of 21-12. to That carried over to the second half where the press started to break down St. Mary's and North Point was able to pull away for a 48-23 win. Carrington Edwards uh, led with 11 points. Bethany Wright had 10 points. And Brawley Faith Cherry had 10 points. And again, as we said, the boys did not play. Uh, Going south and a little bit east to Lewisburg, the Lady Patriots squared off against DeSoto Central, and it was a tight contest throughout. The first quarter was also a struggle for both of those teams. We will call it good defense, as the Lady Patriots took a 6-5 lead after the end of the first quarter. The second quarter saw more points and also saw DeSoto Central take a 22-19 lead into halftime. That three-point margin remained after the third quarter, with DeSoto County leading 32-29. Lewisburg battled to the last second, but came up just short, falling 37-36 on a layup by DeSoto Central with six seconds left. Unfortunately, there was no uh, tweets or any kind of information to uh, be able to find out who this uh, led the scores uh, for the Lewisburg Lady Patriots, but it's a tough loss, tough district loss for Lewisburg, uh, falling by one, 37-36. It's amazing. On, in the losses, you don't get much info, but in the don't wins, get you info. get some tweets. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> no coincidence there. <laughs> uh, the Patriots next took the court against DeSoto Central and got in a hole early, 24-9 to after the first quarter. The Patriots were outscored 10-8 to in the second quarter, going into halftime down 34 to 17. DeSoto Central increased that lead to 20 points after the third quarter, and the Patriots ended up losing 58 to 40. Both teams next host Olive Branch tonight, uh, and they will again in Lewisburg with the girls tipping off at 6 p.m. and the boys to follow. And that is a district match. That is a district match. Correct. Uh, finally, Hernando, the Hernando girls, the Lady Tigers had two games since our last show. They're the, the one school that had two games since the last show. On Friday night, they took on Horn Lake in the first district game of the year. Hernando started off hot and took a 20 to 10 lead at the end of the first quarter. Horn Lake screeched back. You like that screech I like that. back? There you go. That makes screech sense. Back. Yeah. Uh, and the second You know, score, wait, wait, wait. speaking of screech, that's what uh, Stetson Bennett looks like from Georgia. <laughs> he looks like screech. Same, same guy. <laughs> okay. uh, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. R.I.P. R.I.P. Screech. Uh, they screeched back in the second, scoring 24 points to the Lady Tigers, 6, to take a 24-26 to lead into halftime. Horn Lake outscored Hernando 25-19 to in the third again, and a very lively game with a lot of points, and won the game 78-64. to So that's a good offensive showing Absolutely. if you're watching that girls' game. Abby Harrison led Hernando with 30 points, four rebounds and two blocks, and reached the 1,000-point total for her career. A little surprised she hadn't reached that yet, but okay. I mean, congratulations. She needed 17 going into the game. She got 30. She's flown by that. So, yeah, good, so congratulations, uh, again, She's got a good at least a full month of basketball left, so she can reach, you know, maybe 12, 1,300, exactly. at least like that. So Sounds right. Uh, good luck. I mean, uh, congratulations to her. Demaya Cummins had 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Coach Blake Jones reached out to the UTW podcast to let us know that he actually pulled up an eighth grader for the game to try something different and to start working on depth. 
He said he appreciated what the UTW uh, podcast does, getting the players recognition, and we thank him. Uh, give a thank to Coach Jones for listening, Coach Jones. Uh, but here's how. Here's the way: make it a better story and say you pulled in an eighth grade homeschooler. That would have been a better story <laughs> for this particular episode. Uh, Tell me about the eighth grade homeschooler. Who, of course, Derek? What's the question? Uh, first question. First question you asked was: uh, Can you ball? You're young, but can you ball? I know you're you're homeschooled, but look, can you dunk? And can you shoot from three? That's the first look, question. Can you handle the rock? Can I'm just the rock? look. That's, can, it. That's it. Show me how. You, can you dribble between your legs? And if you play baseball, uh, let's take a few swings, and then we'll go from there. On Saturday, the girls traveled to Lafayette High School to play a non-district game. The Lady Commodores led nine to four after the first, with Hernando maybe showing a little fatigue from the night before. Hernando started to find its scoring, but Lafayette continued to match, and at the end of the third, the score was 39-21. to Lafayette extended the lead even more in the final frame, winning the game 52-26, to and Matt, uh, no stats were given. Uh, Hang on, let's say 52-26. Derek, yeah. Lafayette I, is not a district game. No, that's a, that's a have, 5A school. But we 5A have school. reached district play, mm-hmm. scrimmage, practice, warm-ups, drills, I don't understand why we're paying. Why are we playing games after district? Even if they're rescheduled or nothing, it makes no sense. District is what matters. Keep them rested. Keep them ready. Keep them focused for district. I mean, I guess I don't understand. The, I guess the, no. There's the, no, no. The argument would be nope. touches. You know, getting no, touches. No. getting games. That's there's a great no question for you to ask, Coach Jones. When I he played comes a lot of look. I when he comes on the show, <laughs> I played football, baseball, and golf, and. There was nothing worse. When we reached district time, we got a lot more out of drills together than going and playing. It makes no sense. I mean, basketball is a, a game. You have to have your legs under you. Yeah. You have to have your legs under you. Why are you going playing a Saturday game? So you, don't, make, you don't like that back-to-back? It makes no that sense. Back-to-back. Um, you know what? But it, what makes less sense, remember last year we had a team that played one game and then hauled butt on a yeah, bus to yeah. another school that was Central. to play in the same right. day. That's exactly right. So that was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that coach might not should coach anymore. Well, uh, that was just out of Central. I was up. They played in Tupelo, came back and had a game that night. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Played in Tupelo and drove back and played, got off the bus and that's, played again. Yeah, yeah, that, that's me? a little much. I will that's, say that, that's that's much. That's a turkey. That is a turkey. <laughs> uh, or from the girls' <laughs> that case, guy's a, hen. a turkey uh, or a hen. Well, I guess for the guy it would be a turkey. Yes, he would. Uh, on the boys' side, for the boys' game, the start looked very similar with the Eagles taking a twenty-two to eight lead after the first quarter. The boys, however, played better in the second quarter, cutting the Horn Lake lead and only losing 30-22 to at halftime. Hernando was able to stay with Horn Lake 52-43 to at the end of the third, but Horn Lake uh, scored 23 points over the last eight minutes to win the game 75-60. to Ryan Taylor led the Tigers with 26 points, and Carl Malone had 20 points. Both teams will take on South Panola tonight. In district play. In district play. Oh, imagine that. It's a district game. So now we can play, which that's what matters and get you in the playoffs and, and so forth. I'm sorry to yeah. take this tone, but – Well, the boys that, didn't play on Saturday, so you can't get mad at them. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just <laughs> simply saying it makes no sense. Give the kids a little bit of a break. I'll sit there and talk to you all the time. Your daughter plays for North Point. You've told me on numerous occasions over the last couple of years, like, oh, got a game now, just got added. And, and you're like, wait, you're like on a 14-game streak and – let the kids just hang out with buddies on Saturday night. Yeah, I, 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 I think I did fail to mention uh, North Point, uh, both boys and girls plays Harding at Harding tonight. District game. District game. Now That's we're right. in, in the heart of district. Sounds good. Good luck to all the boys and girls that are playing uh, basketball and soccer that we continue to talk about. We, we wish you nothing but the best. Uh, just keep playing hard and enjoying every second of the bus rides and every second of the camaraderie with teammates and all that kind of stuff. Definitely, definitely something. And uh, maybe uh, the homeschoolers can uh, can be a part of that pretty soon. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally 2022, for it. 2023 school year. It worked out for Tim Tebow. Not yes, everybody. Not everybody's going to be Tim Tebow. Just simply I've saying. I've never heard of another story working exactly. out, but it did work out for Tim Tebow.
Yeah, uh, Jim Lebo. I don't know what he's going to be like, but Tim <laughs> Tebow was pretty freaking good. Look, if you enjoy our show, we love the kid. We love to have a good time, but we really, really like to shed light on wonderful things happening in DeSoto County, especially right here under the water tower. Find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, share it. Share it with friends. Share it with family. There's a part on there on Apple Link, Google Podcasts, whatever on Apple, and it says share. You can tweet it you can send it to friends you can instant message people let us know let them know all about the utw podcast how much fun we have on the show and certainly how much we enjoy shining positive light on young people throughout desoto county wherever you listen to our show give us a five-star review apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify give us that five-star review so it can help us continue to go up the ranks of local podcast if you enjoy our show, look for OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch, OB Pod, covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They release a show really early on Monday mornings, very similar to ours, covering local people, all about local, good, positive stories. OB Pod. Well, Derek, as I mentioned, we have a uh, church camp coming up, and I'm going to talk more about that on our Friday show. Certainly be asking for prayers for the 75 people going down to what's called Breakthrough, which is a wonderful church camp east of Jackson. Definitely mention that more on Friday and give you a little bit more of a heads up there. So good luck to everybody this week in sports. Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. (laughs) 